All right. So, hello everyone. Uh, Theo Social here podcast. Thank you for listening. And um, I was looking at my timer as we were recording this episode right now, and was realizing that um, I was almost out of time. So, want to just um, continue. So, this looks like it's going to be a two part series, which is exciting. But um, yeah, continue um, discussing just the life of Anna and in the Create series, this Christmas edition. Um, So Anna, like we mentioned, she was a prophetess. Uh, Her description of who she is, old widow uh, living off of the temple because it sounds like she didn't have family to sustain her. And yet she really turned this tragedy around and lived a a lifestyle of faith, but not just any type of faith, but prophetic faith. Because as, as Joseph and Mary were entering the temple, just like Simeon, she was able to recognize the Christ, even in uh, infant stage, even wrapped up as a baby. Um, Which again, was even something that your everyday typical Jewish person was not looking for. Um, everyone was looking for a powerful leader, uh, a, a world leader. Um, no one would think to look for the the coming of Christ in the form of a baby. And uh, just how beautiful that is that God would um, put that together um, in, in just such a radical way. Um, and so it tell the text here tells us that she began thanking God and began basically preaching about uh, Christ to others. And both Anna and Simeon were individuals that by the time that Jesus began his public ministry, they were physically long gone. So they did not get to witness with their eyes the miracles, the the crucifixion, um, his teaching, but yet they knew in their bones that this was the Christ, the Christ. They knew it and they weren't going to wait until that public ministry was going to begin to tell others and to preach about it. No, they were, they held on to that strong. And I think, like I mentioned uh, earlier, talking about how it was important that Simeon spoke prophetically over over uh, Joseph and Mary, Anna coming alongside of him. So both of these individuals, they are, from what the text describes of them, they're single. Uh, and like, for example, Anna described as a widow. They're both uh, individuals that were dedicating their time to the temple, to spiritual practices, because they're not at the point in their life where they're like raising children or maybe starting a business or just starting life. No, they're, they're kind of at the stage of life where they can really just dedicate themselves to uh, something like spiritual practices. Right. And, but it also tells us that the way that they, the text tells us that the way that they had been living their life, this was actually something, a part of who they were. So that it means that they weaved it into their everyday life. So they didn't wait until they were of elderly age to begin practicing their faith. 
No, this was a lifestyle since before, since before Anna became married, since before the tragedy of the loss of her husband hit. Like, this was like every season of life that would hit them, they continued and persisted on and lived out that faith, lived out practicing the words of of the Old Testament faith in spite of the fact that there was no divine encounters. And so they were really able to identify this is who the Christ is. They knew it because they lived it every single day. It was, there was like no doubt in their mind. Like they were able to just like that, recognize it without blink. It's just like, there it is right there, right there. You don't have to tell me. I just know it. You can sense it. It's kind of like that, um, like as parents, you know, people like you hear a lot of people say this, like, oh, I know who, when my kid is crying. Like, I just know, you know, like you could be in a crowd, like at a party or something. It's like, oh, that's my kid. I got to go over there. You know, or you, you already know, like if you see some type of mess, it's like, oh, that was, that was so-and-so. No, that was my daughter. No, that was, that was my son. And this is how they functioned. And so, and I point that out because again, Joseph and Mary brand new into this parenting game, right? They have no idea how drastically their life was about to change. And yet, so Simeon and Anna first functioned as brother and sister in the faith, right? So they live this out individually and in community as they continue to devote themselves to the temple and to live it out in their, in their everyday life, you know, before they came of elderly age. But now, knowing that the Christ was here physically, they stepped up to the plate. And how did they do that? They transitioned in this moment as spiritual fathers and mothers. So no longer were they just individuals like, okay, here I am to encourage myself. Like, all right, the Christ is coming. All right. You know, the spirit of God hasn't came upon me yet, but I'm just gonna, I'm going to hold on to this. No, they didn't. They didn't just wait for that. It was like, a light switch came on. They just knew like, okay, that that's the Christ right there. That's him. And in that instance, they rose to the occasion to being that spiritual mother and father that Mary and Joseph needed. And I, I mean, to me, that's something so powerful because the text doesn't tell us if they had spiritual mothers and fathers in their life or if they were to anyone else, but in that moment, they knew that they needed to step in and fill in that gap for Joseph and Mary. And they did it. They did it so much to the point that Joseph and Mary walked away, marveled, encouraged, full of faith, knowing that, yeah, we can do this. God is with us. We got this. And you know what? I That makes me reflect in my life. And, you know, to turn the challenge back to you guys. You know, many of us, those of us who have been walking with Jesus for some time, maybe you were like me, you grew up in church. Maybe you met Christ not too long ago. But you have been in this faith walk for some time. And amazing. Praise God for what he's done 
at this point in your life. But now that we have already been practicing and living some time with Jesus, the after Christmas, life after Christmas, the narrative is that now we rise to the occasion and we become those mothers and fathers of faith to others. Because, you know, to be honest, we don't need more speakers. We don't need more, you know, people, self-professed preachers or whatnot. Like, Anna is described as a prophetess, but she wasn't going around like, you know, hey, everyone, this is, you know, God ordained me or anything. Like, no, she just, she lived it. She functioned in that role. It wasn't um, something that she needed others approval from. I mean, you can tell that she was just a, a woman of simplicity, but yet it, it, it's so profoundly that prophetic lifestyle just came out of her. It's almost like a, like a perfume, you know, like you don't, you don't need to like yell it out to other people. Like, you know, when someone's wearing perfume or cologne, right? You know, and you know when someone's wearing like too much of it, right? Just like, whoa, brother, let's turn it down. That's not the description of who she is here. It was just an aroma, a fragrance of who she was, that it was like something pleasant. And um, that's, that's what a mother and father is. A mother and father is somebody that is wise, is somebody that knows the time, the place, of how and when to speak into that child, that young person's life. And at that moment, they knew that they needed to speak into their life, but not just into their life, but into those that were in community as well. Could you imagine the amount of people that on a daily basis would be talking smack about Joseph and Mary because of their non-traditional family? And yet... Before, like I've mentioned, and I've mentioned this a few times, but it's so important to note that all of this took place before Jesus' public ministry. This is still like a good 30 years for all of that to happen. So there's a lot of backstory. We don't know everything that they had to encounter as a family and battle out, but yet they did it. Why? Because they had these prophetic moments that they, words of prophecy that they had to stand and live on every single day. And thank God for people like Simeon and Anna, who not only spoke into Joseph and Mary, but like Anna, who she took care of speaking to the community, speaking to the spiritual people around her building up their faith and letting them know like, Hey, the Christ is here. Hey everyone. Like that's, that's him right there. That's them raising their awareness. Because again, like I mentioned, that was something that Jesus would always rebuke the religious leaders. You guys are not in tune with the times with what God is doing right now. So as a woman uh, of prophetic faith, it was her, um, role and function to raise everybody else's prophetic and faith authority and just even like awareness like hey this is what's happening like get in tune with what God is doing right now God is turning the tide the Christ is not coming the Christ is here <laughs> like get with it guys like he is here and so it 
it just blows me away how God used these two individuals. And a, a few years ago, um, I had came across this video, which I'll try to see how I can link it. Um, it was on CBS News um, of these, I believe it's four elderly women, which at this point, they're probably gone home to be with the Lord. Um, but these four uh, African-American women um, in the South that they literally like grew up together from like childhood, teenagers, getting married, raising children, like every season of life, church, ministry, everything. They lived it out together and just, wow, what a beautiful testament. Like friendship, um, faith, community, um, unity, just, it, it was just, I, it was something so beautiful that I was just very inspired. And I just simply had wrote on the post when I grow up, I want to be just like these women. And, you know, Facebook does the, it reminds you of, of different things that you've posted throughout the time. And so I had shared it with a few, um, girlfriends and I had seen it again a few weeks ago and I was bawling, you guys, bawling because I looked at these women again and I was like, Lord, I want to be like these women so much. I, I don't, I don't want to have a hollow faith. I don't want to have a faith that's just for me, but I want it to be something that is treasured, that it's remembered, but that it's not treasured or remembered for me, but that it points to you, that it's such a rock, that it's such an anchor to others. And it was, it, it, um, it coincided so well when I started studying the life of Anna and just who she was and Simeon, just because they were such radical individuals. I'm sure there were others in the community, in the temple, in the gates that just saw them as like, all right, you know, they're getting older. They're kind of falling off their rocker there, you know, just they're reading, reading the scribes too much. No, they were individuals that wholeheartedly, wholeheartedly believed. They knew without a shadow of a doubt that he was coming. And then when he came, it was their turn to speak prophetically as fathers and mothers in the faith. But not only that, but to raise everyone's awareness around. To letting them know like, hey, the crisis here. Like, guys, we need to like pay attention. Are we paying attention? And that would be my challenge and my question to you and myself are we paying attention to what the Christ is doing today in our life? Are we having those divine encounters? Can we recognize them? Many times we can't because we're not devoted. We are, we are not spending our time in the word. We're not spending our time recognizing those spiritual moments with God. And not just spiritual moments, but just making God uh, the center of who we are. And that's going to look different for everyone. You know, how do you make him the center at your dinner table? How do you make him the center of your conversations? How do you make him the center at your cubicle at work or at your girls night out? I don't know. Everyone's is going to look different. But raising our awareness of who Christ is and what he's done in our life. And now what he's done 
what he is doing and will continue to do. Uh, so there is a really quick passage, not passage, but just a few verses that I would like to read. So I was reminded after reading, you know, just to do Simeon and Anna of just uh, Hebrews 11. So Hebrews 11 is kind of like, it's considered like the wall of faith, right? Of just all these incredible individuals like Abraham, uh, Isaac, Sarah, just Noah, these people that believed like faith against faith in a sense. Like when everyone else was just like looking at them, like y'all are crazy. Like what is happening? They continued to just believe, period. And this just, I felt like the Lord reminded me of this and I wanted to just share this. So it says Hebrews 11, 13. All these people were still living by faith when they prom- when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance. And they admitted that they were aliens and strangers on earth. People who say such things show that they are looking for a country of their own. So that impacted me so much in remembering that because like I mentioned, this this passage, this uh, chapter, Hebrews 11, it just really goes into detail about all these um, Bible characters and the things that they stepped into that in the natural just seems so ridiculous, but yet they believed before the Christ. They knew that the Christ was coming. Some of them didn't even have language for it yet. There was no prophecies written, but they held on to that belief. And because of that, they were saved because of that like pre-existing faith. And would we be described as those type of individuals that we can believe and believe and believe without a shadow of a doubt? And you know what? I'm guilty of it. I, I many times don't have that type of belief that I get discouraged, that I don't have belief against belief, like that I need prompting, that I need um, to remember, I need encouragement to believe. I ask God to fill me up with faith and that's not a bad thing. I mean, thank God that we have access to the Holy Spirit now, but I believe I believe wholeheartedly, my faith just feels very stirred in this season, that we are no longer to just function as individual brothers and sisters in Christ, but we are now to rise up and be those fathers and mothers in the faith, which is what is needed more and more in the body of Christ. And not just the body of Christ, but our cultures, our neighborhoods, our families, they need to see us function as fathers and mothers of the faith. Why? Because that means that we are caring, that we are caring forth. We are raising up this faith into the next generation. And so I would prayerfully ask that you consider just going before the Lord and asking him like, God, how do you want me to raise my faith to become a father and mother of the faith? How can I do that? How can I do that at work? How can I do that in my home? How can I do that in my marriage? What does that look like to be an individual like Simeon, to be an individual like Anna, to speak into the community, to speak to those around me and to raise their their awareness 
of what Christ is already doing. Because let me tell you, Christ is on the move. He is doing things every single day. Many times we are not, like, he hasn't arrived. Like, oh, I'm bringing Jesus with me. Like, yeah, guys, like, God's already been on the move. Like, it's just that we got to get with it. Like, are we paying attention to what he's doing? So that's what I have. I totally went over time, which is fine. We're going to have to make this a two-part series, which is exciting. Because um, this next year is just going to be full of, you know, a lot of uh, insight and wisdom from God's word that we're going to be able to expound here on Theo Social. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in. And um, yeah, we will be chatting soon.